All right, welcome to another episode of Kirby Geeky Fangirl Recaps, where I basically talk about all the stuff I watched on TV and or watched in a movie or and or read, because I have a, a, some random time on my hands and I love geeky things and I put all that into the time I have on my hands. So that being said, uh, you know, the shows I watch right now are mostly on DC TV. So I watch Supergirl, I watch Black Lightning, I'm watching The Flash, I don't watch Arrow. I have seen Arrow in the past. I might watch Arrow again. But it is an internal fight as to whether or not I will watch Arrow. But I am watching The Magicians right now. So that's those are the shows I'm watching right now. Um, Book-wise, I finished up with My Hero Academia. I'm all caught up uh, with the latest book that just came out this last Tuesday. It really sucks that it takes so long for the next book to come out when I know the Japanese original books have been out for years. But I understand that there's probably some type of process that takes a while to get everything done. All the I's dotted, all the T's crossed, I'm sure, uh, so that they can keep things going. So I'm just happy that it's it's still coming. Um, but I did pick up another manga to read in the meanwhile, and that is One Punch. And there's quite a few books out for One Punch right now. So I'm going to uh, add that to my list of things I'm reading. I've also got Tokyo Ghoul. I started reading the manga for that as well. But I am missing a book somewhere, and I refuse to repurchase it. So that's on hold until I can find this book. But other than that, doing okay. Doing pretty good. Oh, I also read uh, Magical Girls, which is another kind of horror-esque type of, uh, of manga. I'm also missing a book in that. So yeah, so there's other things on my plate. But um, One Punch I picked up, so I'm excited to start reading that. The, I've already seen the anime. The anime is hilarious if you get the chance. It's on Hulu. It's on Netflix right now. It is subtitled. So if you are a sub more than a dub when it comes to anime, then this is right up your alley. You don't have to worry about the voiceovers. And it's just, it's just so funny. And I just thought it was so clever and witty and such a play on a lot of, a lot of tropes that are in anime. So if you get the chance, absolutely check out One Punch. And I'm, I'm reading the mangas now just to, just to see, you know, what else hasn't really crossed over in the anime or not. Which is to say there's probably not a lot. Usually these are pretty strictly focused on what is happening in the mangas, but it's always good just to read the source material, I think. That is my lesson for today. Read, read your mangas. So that, is, that being said, I'm going to get into these recaps. These recaps are spoiler filled. So turn back now if you do not like spoilers, because I'll be talking about spoilers all the time. That's just what's going to be happening here. So all of that. Also, I just wanted to point out that I am going to do a recap for Black Panther because I'm watching it on Friday and I'm super excited. And it's coming out and I just can't wait. I can't wait to see this fantastic film finally be on a huge screen and just enjoy it with everybody else who's been waiting to watch it for so long. And yes, outfits are there. There are outfits that I will be wearing for this. It is going to happen. So that being said, um, also just to plug all my socials, I am the Curvy Geeky Fangirl. You can find me at curvygeekyfangirl.com. All of my other stuff is there. My Tumblr, well, yeah, my Tumblr, my Twitter, my Instagram, um, I believe that's all I've got going on right now. I've got another podcast that I do with a friend called People of Culture, where we talk about all of the trending things that are happening in the week, uh, culture-wise, whether that's theater or just the latest gossip about what's going on with Quincy Jones. I mean, you never know. So check that out too. That's on iTunes as well. And there's a website for that too. And that's the POC podcast and .com. So check it out if you get the chance. That being said, one more time, I'm going to warn you, there are spoilers ahead. Beware. 
If you don't want to listen, stop now, although I hope you keep listening, and we're going to jump right into Supergirl after this break. All right, so jumping right into Supergirl, spoilers ahead one more time just to re-emphasize that. So Supergirl, as you guys probably know from the last podcast you heard, I don't think Supergirl's moving that fast. We kind of are camped in this, oh my goodness, rain is destroying everything stage of the story. And we've been here for quite some time. Uh, it's not that I haven't enjoyed some of this parking. I did love the introduction of Brainiac. That was adorable. I love him so much. And I, I found out that Brainiac and Supergirl, I probably said this in the last one, but Brainiac and Supergirl, at least in the comics, you know, they kind of strike up a romance. So I was like, hmm. Okay, well, I'm kind of down to see that. That'd be cool. Um, but right now it's just kind of camped in the, oh, things are happening and we don't know what to do. So this last episode, we got to meet Purity finally. Purity was not set up the way I thought it was going to be set up. I fully expected her to be just a straight villain. Like she just shows up. She's like, aha, I'm going to kill everyone. And then Kara's got to do something. But that didn't happen. And so we get to meet the human personality for purity and that is a woman named julia julia is like this talented artist she went to an art school she's got a very loving upbringing for her and she's got this roommate that's just like her bestest friend ever and when we meet her she's singing in her living room to lisa loeb and i you know who hasn't been there girl we've we've all we've all been there i got you so i enjoyed the small backstory we got around julia i still don't really know if her and rain are actually kryptonians or if they're like Kryptonian adjacent, like how Monel is, like are they actually a different race entirely or what? But whatever, that's still happening. I'm interested to see what this means with their dual personalities too. Like clearly they're building up the fact that one of these personalities is gonna win. That's that's what it feels like. Like eventually this poor person that's got these dueling personalities is gonna have one main one that's going to be taking over in a more permanent sense so i'm interested to see where they're going with this story wise it would be a very interesting story to have one turn like one just stays in their their bad personality or their more corruptive personality and the other doesn't they like fully accept their more human personality even if that means that they're physically weaker for it because apparently these abilities only come out when they're more tapped into this more corruptive personality. So it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. It kind of feels like right now, Julia's going down that route. Um, when we ended everything, Kara managed to reach out to the to Julia's personality and Julia managed to overtake Purity's hold on her. And uh, she only ends up going with Rain in order to save Kara. Cause, or no, Alex, maybe Alex. Somebody was about to get broken. So she was like, okay, take me and she leaves. So I'm interested to see where the, what they're going to do with that. Are these girls going to become anti-heroes? Like after everything gets said and done, there's still aliens with these potential for these abilities. I did on just walking around in National City. So is someone going to die? Are they going to become like a, a superhero brigade and just like become Team Supergirl and just save the world. I don't see that happening. I would love that one to happen. I don't see it happening though. So I'm interested to see where they're going with this because they are taking forever to get to the point with it. 
Um, I'm still not a fan of Sam Rain's struggle right now. Like, I, they've been keeping this poor child in the dark this whole time. She still has no idea what's going on, and no one's told her, and no one's clued in that this is happening. They kind of hinted that now, you know, um, Lena is aware of what might be going on, but still going to be until April 16th. The show's on hiatus until April 16th. It's going to be forever before we find out what else they're going to do with this. So I still love Supergirl. I can't wait to see what else they're going to bring, but it's it's taken forever. And a side note, Monel is the worst. I know last week I said I enjoyed their little romance, but now, I, what, what is happening? He married this Saturn girl. They gave us a random backstory about how they did it polit for political reasons at first, and then came to love each other. And now he's back, and now he's unsure, and he's got all these questions, and yida yada yida. Man, pick a side. Pick a side. I don't understand what your problem is. You are the worst, Monel. You are the worst. <sighs> anyway, so we'll find out what's going on with that and what the true mission is. They let that hang in as well, <laughs> April 16th. But uh, who knows? So I guess we'll find out and stay tuned for the next show, Black Lightning. <laughs> All right, moving right on into Black Lightning. Black Lightning is still still bringing it in as one of the strongest shows on DC TV right now. I'm so happy. I'm so happy that it's being such a great, strong initial effort here. It's wonderful. Uh, I cannot get enough of this villain, Tobias White. Oh, I'm sorry, Tobias Whale. Oh gosh, yeah, if he was really hairy, I would have got been harpooned. But uh, yeah, Tobias Whale, the guy who's playing Tobias Whale is doing an amazing job at this i'm just he's just there's like an evil charisma charisma about him <laughs> that i can't get enough of he's terrible he's a terrible person he's murdering and just filling people with drugs but i'm just kind of like i kind of get you though i gotta i respect the hustle it's terrible though but i love i love the guy who's playing him this is it's amazing I'm, i've never really been like enamored with a villain before so that's happening as a thing. Uh, also, I would really love the father-daughter team-up to happen already, please. That would be wonderful. We don't have a full season for Black Lightning. This, is, was, this was a mid-season show. And I would love it if the uh, oldest daughter, Nyssa, and the father just, you know, were like, hey, we have powers. Let's go save things. I would love it. I know they're probably saving it for the end. As, a, as the finale or the series or season, oh, not series, season finale or so, but, oh, I would really like it to kind of speed up here. I love that we got to see more of her powers. I love to see that, she, you know, she kind of took it upon herself to stand up to uh, these criminals that were coming through. She did put two in the hospital, and then she did have to kind of blindly go after some people when they tried to attack her and her girlfriend, so that happened. And I don't know what's going up with uh, the dude with the... With the suit store, with the tailor. I forget what his real name is. I don't, I'm terrible with names. I will have these names written down somewhere eventually. But I don't understand why it's pretty clear he saw what was going on. I'm pretty sure he knows what's going on with Anissa. I don't know why he's not telling Black Lightning right now. But again, you know, also storytelling wise, it's probably better to have all these secrets so that when they culminate and come to a head, there's a, there's a bigger payoff. But I don't, I don't understand the holdout right now. 
but also kudos to the writing on this show. The topics that they are bringing up that are so prevalent and just so current right now. These are conversations that I've only really ever heard talked about amongst like myself with my fellow peers. Like I've never seen it on television. So it's very interesting that they're like just throwing it up there. It's awesome. I really love that they're really expanding these conversations too. Not just, you know, in what's going on with this division between black people and the police, but just like things in, in the black community that they're touching on. It's, it's very interesting. And I know that we, we have to have a counter perspective when it comes to, uh, you know, a show, especially a superhero show. You got to have the one person who's like, yes, you're capable of doing all of this, but is it worth it type of perspective. But I'm really not liking that it's coming from the mother slash ex-wife slash current boothang of Jefferson Pierce. I, I, it's, it just seems so counterintuitive. She's, or maybe that's the point. Maybe that's like... The, that that makes it a, a better better story is the fact that this is a person who would understand everything that's going on and would understand everything that's at risk and is like you need to stop you need to keep it a secret you need to lock it up <laughs> like I don't I don't get why she's doing all this also it would I would really love it if uh, I mean it's probably terrible but I would really love it if Tobias Whale is successful in turning Jennifer's boyfriend and flipping him to become an arch enemy for Black Lightning. I don't know what they're gonna do exactly, but I know wheelchairs ain't stopping anybody, so. My hope was that he was gonna go Static Shock. Static Shock eventually is gonna make it to the show. I don't care who I've gotta talk to, but Static Show is gonna eventually be on the show. So, I would love for them to figure out a way to, to flip this kid. I would really love to see Tobias Whale kind of groom him to be like another big time leader uh, in, in this ridiculous criminal game that they've got going on. It'd be very interesting to see this good boy, golden boy with so much promise just totally change. Is it, is it tried? Yeah. Has it happened all, all the time? Oh yeah. But I still, I still think it'd be a really interesting story and I'd be down to see what happens next. So with that being said, we're going to transition over to The Flash right after this. Okay, so we're transitioning over to The Flash. Flash also comes on the same night as, as Black Lightning, so pretty easy to catch. Also, Flash was my first love when it comes to DCTV, so I've got to keep up with him. Just, you know, make sure everything's okay. Make sure everything's all right. And everything is. So this last episode of The Flash turned out to be pretty good for Barry. Turned out to be a very, very good episode for Barry. Um, I also love that it was a very good episode for Digby. We got more Ralph Digby. Digby is quickly becoming one of my favorite people on Team Flash. I really, really hope he sticks around for the long haul. Uh, Digby, we find out, is having like a moral conundrum. He gets visited by like an old friend who is quick to point out that, you know, old Digby, who only cared about himself at the time, uh, turned, basically let everybody down at some point or another. And that it was only a matter of time before that gets repeated and we get that whole moral conundrum and what's he gonna do type of situation. What I really liked uh, was that they use that to like loop in this ability that he's got. I'm not that familiar with with Plastic Man. That's the name of the actual character in the comic books of what Rolf is is uh, portraying, what they call the elongated man. 
Um, I'm not super, super familiar, but I, I, it's not that far of a stretch, pun intended, uh, for him to be able to do a total body shift, do a cold doppelganger type thing of another person. I did find it interesting that he could also adopt their voice. That was interesting. But also understand that for budgetary reasons, that's just a lot easier to hire an actor who's already on the show to do this part as well. Then like, and then just keep it moving. Like, makes sense. It totally makes sense. But I, I love that he now has this. Uh, Flash does this thing where they like, they absolutely create these abilities of convenience that we see once or twice and then like never ever again. Is this one of them? Absolutely. But I still liked it. I still, I still liked that he was able to do what he could to help with Barry. And I love that Frost and him are like having this like friendship where she's talking to him. And you know, when Caitlin comes and just checks on him and turns into Frost and basically shakes him up and is like, look, we need you. Figure it out. Get it together. Uh, I really like that. And now we've got to worry about DeVoe. So after all of that stuff went down, DeVoe is still a huge power player. Still a major threat for Team Flash. He's changed bodies. I didn't really understand the, the reasoning for that, but okay, sure. We're changing bodies. Uh, so yeah, the culmination of this is that, you know, everybody is tr basically about to be sold to Amunet, who's another villain on the Flash. And another person, I don't understand her powers at all. So to escape Barry and the other, you know, meta prisoners, team up in a, like a shaky alliance. And of course it goes south. And of course they don't exactly get away. Cause, but DeVoe gets evolved and he takes over Becky's body for some reason. I, I, did we get an explanation as to why he needed to do that? I don't know. I know he wanted their powers. Was that... But did he need to also take her body? I don't I have a thousand questions. What happens to the bodies afterwards? Now that he's taken it over, is she dead? Is that other guy dead? I have a thousand questions. So uh, hopefully we get some answers with that. I kind of liked Becky, but I, I, I wasn't sure what exactly they're going to be able to do with her since her ability is just luck. So you just have to see a bunch of things trying and then maybe failing or exceeding depending on how she felt. Sure. So whatever. That's still happening. Um, I love that we have to see Cecile actually use her ability for Team Flash. How is she not going crazy though? Like every other TV show I've ever seen or film that involves somebody who can read minds, that is like their constant issue is that they can't turn it off. It's their nonstop hearing other people's thoughts. But she's just like, yeah, it's fine. Like taking it in his drive. Like it's totally fine. But whatever. She came in handy today. So, or for that episode, I'll take it. Um, and... I like that we're slowly seeing like the the beginning splinterings of DeVoe and his wife. Like they've been the mainstay, like they've been like the, the solid team that's been getting everything done. And now she's starting to see like maybe this wasn't the greatest plan. Like she was cool for about everything up until him now, well A, losing even more of his humanity. So she's not even, she doesn't even recognize the man anymore, but B, he's taking these liberties that she feels are like risks to their overall project. And she's really starting to like distance herself. And he sees that and is trying to take measures to stop that from happening. So I'm interested to see where that's going to go as well. I mean, I'm glad Barry's free and everything, but I'm really more interested in what's going to go on with DeVoe and his wife. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move right into the magicians. And 
I'm, I really loved this last episode. The Magicians has this distinct kind of, I guess, feeling or, or ability to make a cohesive story season. So you get these episodes that tell you a complete story. But at the same time, it feels like you're watching brand new, a brand new story unfold at some point. It's very, it's, it's very interesting and weird, but great all at the same time. So this latest episode of The Magicians, we kind of see the uh, rest of the fallout of, of Penny actually being back. It's not really a fallout per se. It's more like just getting Katie's reaction to the fact that she can now see him. Uh, and I loved him trying to explain what he is because he's not technically a ghost. If he's not technically alive, he's also technically not dead because he's astrally projecting at the time. But everything went down and his body went away. So. It's convoluted and complicated. I love Penny. Penny is definitely one of my favorite characters on the show. I don't care about the Penny Katie situation at all. They've kind of been dancing around this will they, won't they, they love each other, but they can't be together thing for three seasons. For three seasons, that's been happening. I don't care anymore. I would love to see how he plays out towards everything else. Like, is he going to be a key component in trying to help Elliot and Margot against this queen fairy? Is he going to help with the key situation? Is he going to do something? I'm interested to see. He's easily one of the most powerful people on, or things, entities, maybe, on the show. Because, you know, he was a traveler. He could read minds. And he was doing magic. Uh, but, you know, he also made terrible decisions and sold himself to the library. So there was, there was also that. But I'm interested to see where else this takes us. I don't care about what's going on with Katie. I don't think they've done enough to really make me care about what's happening to Katie. Other than feel sorry for her because she's had a really crappy time of it up and through now. But Julia easily outshines her in the crap department. So I don't, I don't care. Uh, but I do care about the Quentin and Elliot storyline. That was a pleasant surprise. Usually when we get these little side quests, and we get a whole section devoted to this little side quest. It's usually time to start rolling your eyes because it's like, it feels like filler. Usually it feels like filler. You gain nothing and it's, it just doesn't do anything. But this was like a side quest that still gave you something because it was towards moving towards an end goal of where we needed them to be anyway. And we just got this lovely story in the middle of it. I loved that they were forced to hang out together to find this friggin' tile or to figure out how to make solve these tiles. To, to create uh, what what was it like what it means to to live or something something of that nature and uh it took them a lifetime it took them a lifetime to figure out what was going on i loved that they had a quiet moment and quentin made out with elliot he gave him like a little shy kiss and i was like okay adorable because they had their little hookup before they're like a friends with benefits thing kind of going on quentin then fell in love with a love girl because he's quentin why not she loved peaches, and uh, I guess he was like, cool, I like those two. Apparently they had a kid, and that kid then grew up and had grandkids. But they stayed in this little side quest for a while, and then Elliot passed. I'm not going to lie, I, I teared up a little bit when watching Elliot pass, knowing full well they can't keep him dead, because the show's still got to go on. But I, I, it was just like this little mini roller coaster, and I just loved how everything panned out. I loved that. At the very end of everything, Quentin realized what was still important and stuck to those those truths for himself, but also figured out a way to save them. 
and they still got the key. It was brilliant. I loved it. I loved how they tied everything together. I also loved uh, that Margaret was at her wit's end with this fairy. This fa this queen fairy is a bad girl, man. Oh my gosh. This chick, I love that she doesn't care. I love that she is getting all of her entertainment out of the fact that she is turning Margot and Elliot's lives upside down. She gives these impromptu speeches and just like, you need to be stronger leaders. And then just does something crazy. Like, uh, I don't know, encourage uh, the younger brother of a very good looking, already reigning royalty uh, to kill him so that he can then be psychotically married to Margot. Yeah, who doesn't want that? Poor Margot. I didn't think I was going to feel sorry for her ever. But yeah, we're here. We're here at the point where I'm feeling sorry for Margot. I also love the Julia twist on her powers. It's it's interesting and a little problematic that it's going to be the fact that her captor gave her this. But I'm interested to see where it goes. <laughs> All right, so that pretty much wraps up uh, DC TV and the Magicians that I caught this week. It'll be very interesting to see what I'm able to recap for next week because I'm going to be primarily focused on Black Panther, which is coming out on Friday. And there's a lot of shows on hiatus right now. Is, is Legends of Tomorrow coming back? That's another DC TV show I watch that I haven't seen. Is it done? Is the season done? I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that show. But it's another show that is super campy and I enjoy it immensely. But yeah, so as soon as uh, more shows come into the fray, I will check them out. And if anything else pops up, I'll probably comment on it as well because why not? I got the time. So <laughs> that's it for me. Again, I am the Curvy Geeky Fangirl and you can find me at curvygeekyfangirl.com for any fandom fashion interests you've got. If you are checking out other recaps, I also do collabs with fanbros.com. Keep an eye out for all things Black Panther about to hit these streets hard in the next week or so. And yeah, that's about it. I'll see you guys later. Bye. <laughs>